Thank you for listening to the Modesto Foursquare podcast. We hope that this message encourages and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Please know that you can always join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, 510 Bernie Street in Modesto. You can also find more information on our website at ModestoFoursquare.com. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, we'll read. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the, body, the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I'm going to read that verse again, verse 27. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I'll read 34 again. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So does this passage strike a nerve for anybody? It always strikes a nerve for me. Did it convict us or make us feel a little uncomfortable? It hits me every time. Um, Especially as somebody whom, I've already said, struggles with being past or future-oriented instead of here and now. So our focus is gratitude. But sometimes, if I'm honest, I find it hard to be grateful when I'm always looking ahead or behind. Sometimes I find it hard to be grateful when I'm planning for a rainy day or when I'm storing up treasures in all the wrong places. Sometimes I find it hard to be grateful when I'm troubling myself about the future. Ecclesiastes 7.29 says, 
This only have I found. God created mankind upright, but they have gone in search of many schemes. Solomon, who is the assumed author of this book of the Bible, Ecclesiastes, he's talking about sin and the downward path that so many of us will take if we do not live with wisdom and with God. But isn't it also true that we can search out many schemes innocently? Isn't it true that sometimes we just try to be in control? We think, we're, we think we're doing something that's really good for ourselves or good for our families. And actually, sometimes we're just lacking trust in God. I'm not telling us to go ahead and abandon all effort or common sense. God's okay with effort. We don't earn his love, but we make an effort to have a relationship with him, right? Um, so we don't just get rid of all of that. We don't get rid of effort. We don't get rid of our common sense. We don't get rid of um, working, right? But trusting God in this present moment can bring us contentment and gratitude for today. Trusting in God leads us to a place of less worry or no worry Because what Jesus said is true. How could it not be? It's Jesus saying it. When has worry ever added a single hour to our lives? Worry has only led to me having gray hair at 21 and a lot more now at 35. Worry doesn't benefit us in any way. I think that worry really is an attempt to control what is outside of our control. What else? What else does worry do for us except for trying to grasp at straws and make something happen or be in control over something that we, we never could control in the first place? All right, Cassie, what does this have to do with gratefulness? <laughs> Why are you talking about worry? I believe that one of the ways we can practice gratitude here and now is with simplicity. What do I mean by simplicity? I mean living an uncomplicated and simple life. I know that I am not the only overthinker, overplanner, overpreparer, unless it comes to PowerPoints in the room, right? I think there's quite a few of you who also overthink or overplan or... Turn your worries into a to-do list. As we consider Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 6, I want us to ask ourselves a few questions. What am I storing up for myself? Where's my treasure? Do I serve any other masters besides God? May not be money. It could be something totally different. Am I serving a different master? I could be my own master, and I'm serving me, right? What items or circumstances fill my mind with worry? 
And what's my equivalent of what will I wear or what will I eat? It may actually be what will I wear and what will I eat. It may be something else in your life where those questions of not being provided for or not having enough or not being enough, those might be the equivalent. And they take up a lot of space in our minds and our hearts. When I think about the possible answers to all of these questions, the first thing that comes to mind is stuff. It is stuff and money. But there's a whole lot more in our current culture that can swirl around in our minds and worry us. There's been a lot of talk, I think, about minimalism in the recent years. Being a minimalist is trending. It's popular in home design to just have those clean white walls and, and like hardly any furniture, be really sparse, and not have any knickknacks or things on the shelves. I'm not a minimalist. Come to my house, you'll see that I'm a maximalist. Like stacks of books in every room and houseplants and yeah. But that's popular. And you may be one of them. You may be somebody who either by choice or by circumstance um, is a minimalist when it comes to earthly possessions. Maybe you don't store up an abundance of things or treasure. Maybe you borrow rather than buy. Maybe you give away your possessions often. Maybe you wear your clothes out and you wear your car out, right? That could be a good thing to wear it out. Use it. But for any of us who do struggle with this, one practice of thankfulness could be speaking the word of God over ourselves. And the word that I hear for this is Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Or I have all that I need. I shall not want. I won't be in need. Do we truly believe that God fills our every need, that he provides, that in Christ we have everything? And even if we don't struggle with tangible items, there can still be intangibles that we store up. Examples. What about status and position? How much do we value the opinions of others? How damaged are we when someone slights us or insults us or tries to ruin our reputation? How often do we allow our minds to wander into competition? I'm not talking competition at a board game or like family fun night. That's fine. Let's be competitive. Let's have a chili cook-off, right? Like that could be fun. But how often do we fall into competition in a desire for affluence or for influence? Where's that line between ambition and then envy of other people? Where's that line between hoarding and planning ahead? Where's the line between greed and hard work? We can store up a lot of other treasures besides stuff and money. And Jesus says that the antidote to worry 
is seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if we seek that first, everything will be added unto us. What does it mean? What does it mean to seek the kingdom first? We have to be focused on the things that our king is up to. We have to be concerned about the things that concern God. And we have to aim to place Jesus first in every area of our lives. Not just Jesus first on Sunday morning or Jesus first on Wednesday night or Jesus first when we, I don't know, see somebody we don't like in the grocery store. Jesus first in every area of life. We can examine every single item and every ambition that comes close to taking God's place or has already taken God's place. And that could even be simplicity itself. Because sometimes I think we can live simply and then we can become a martyr about that simplicity, right? We can allow like, well, I have such a simple life to become a reason to brag as much as it's a reason to not brag, right? We have to watch out for simplicity becoming an idol too. We have to watch out for simplicity becoming false humility in us. We must seek first God's kingdom and then abandon worry and anxiety about tomorrow. Easier said than done. But worry is a barrier to contentment. Worry is a barrier to contentment. How can we be content if we're always worrying? How, how can we be satisfied when we're always anxious? Contentment is a key to a grateful heart. Is this easy? Is it forced? Is it as simple as just writing, writing down five, write five things down that you're grateful for every morning? Anybody do that? Do any of you have like a gratitude journal? Yeah. It doesn't hurt, right? It doesn't hurt, honestly. I think if I wrote five things I was grateful for down every morning, I would have a different perspective on my day. But it's not a magic bullet. It doesn't change everything. It doesn't suddenly become easy to be grateful. But the goal is to move forward toward contentment, forward toward God's kingdom. And by that, I mean recognizing Jesus has given us everything we need in who he is. So how can we move toward contentment? I have a few ideas. Wow, Cassie, you are so efficient today. It's 11.03, talking to myself. Um, 
It's because I didn't read you like a full chapter of Isaiah today, okay? How can we move toward contentment? I have some ideas as we close. And today I think we will. We'll have the worship team come back up and we will sing Heart of Worship. So I'll let you know when to come back up. But I think that would be a good place for us to end today, thinking about our gratitude and about Jesus being enough. So five ideas. Number one, rehearse and repeat to yourself the story of all the times God has come through. Rehearse it. Repeat it. Tell yourself the story of the times God came through. It sounds cheesy. Really, it sounds cheesy, but thank God for the things you have today that you prayed for yesterday. Because there are things that we have today that we prayed and asked and begged God for in the past. And sometimes we forget about how he's fulfilled those promises and answered our prayers. Number two, take a walk. Take a walk outside. Sounds really practical and like it has nothing to do with anything. But I think that when we get outside and we observe God's creation, and we we can even think about Matthew 6, meditate on the words in Matthew 6, and, and look at the birds in the air or the grass in the ground, we can remind ourselves how God cares for, he like made creation to work, and he cares for us too. Jesus said, how much more? Take a walk. Number three, this doesn't seem spiritual, um, but go through your closet or your bookshelf or your kitchen and give away something you don't need anymore. Bless somebody else who does have a need. Somebody in this very room gave me banana bread yesterday and it was delicious. Thank you. In doing this and giving we can remind ourselves again of God's provision with gratitude. Number four, again, doesn't seem very spiritual, but it goes along with simplicity in our finances and in our accumulation of stuff. We can also ask ourselves if borrowing an item would be just as effective as purchasing something for ourselves. This can be a hard one for me, especially as a reader, like, well, what if I want this trophy of a favorite book on my shelf, but also the library exists? And maybe I don't need it on my shelf. Sometimes borrowing something can be better than just accumulating more and more and more. And we may just bless somebody else by allowing them to share with us. They get a blessing from offering something to us when we allow people to give. Sometimes it's hard to be a good receiver. Anybody have a hard time receiving? Compliments, banana bread, (laughs) cookies. Cookies, I'll say yes to any day. Um, We are blessed and the other person is blessed when we receive and when we give. Number five, 
Ask yourself if there is any need or worry or care in your heart that's competing with God's kingdom. Is there anything competing with God's kingdom? Is, is there anything that I'm allowing to be a second master in my life? And if there is, let's ask God to address it. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us ideas on how to reprioritize. Because don't we have to do that every now and again? Reprioritize our lives and think about what's really important, which is his kingdom and his righteousness, and he will take care of the rest. Don't we have to to give God authority in our lives over and over again? Because sometimes, again, worry, anxiety, oh, I can control it. Let me get all this on my to-do list. But God, he sees us. He knows us. He cares for us. And he provides. Thinking back even to the stuff, like the tangible versus the intangible things that we store up for ourselves, God is the protector of our reputations too. Right? We can become so like hoarding of things and also so self-protecting that we don't even become close to other people. We can kind of hold everyone at a distance. We need to give God authority over every area of our lives. He's our only master. So I think that if we could do all of these things, do you want a reminder of the things? Repeat the story of the times God came through. Take a walk and remember how God cares for you. Go through your stuff and give away, reminding yourself that Jesus provides. Allow somebody to give to you. Borrow something instead of buying it. And ask ourselves, is there anything that's competing with God's kingdom, with God himself? If we could do all of this, and I'm sure that there are hundreds of other things, hundreds of other possibilities, maybe something came to mind this morning as I was speaking. I believe that if we could do this, we would become people who are grateful here and now. We could be people who are aware of God's goodness and his love. We could be people who are appreciative of God's, God sending his son, Jesus, as a sacrifice and then rising again to give us abundant life. We could receive and live in the truth of that abundant life every day. We can live in the present if we let the Holy Spirit be our guide. I want to finish with Paul's words. The worship team can come on up. Um, I want to finish with Paul's words from Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. I think many of us know verse 13 really well. um, But it's the earlier verses that strike me today. Paul, an apostle of Jesus, is writing from prison, and he tells the church at Philippi, verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that you at last renewed your concern for me. 
Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. He's thanking them for a gift. He's thanking them for their concern and their prayers for him. Verse 11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I know what it... um, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But when we pull that out of context... It's hard to remember that Paul's talking about living in plenty and living in want. Living in every circumstances, every circumstance of life and being content in the Lord. We can do all things no matter our circumstance because Jesus is on the throne. He is our shepherd. We will never truly be in want of any good thing. God does not withhold from his children. He offers us abundant life. So, let's thank him for God. Let's thank God for his presence in our present. Okay? Because he's always with us. We can thank God for his presence in the here and now. No matter what our circumstances are. Let's thank him. So as we close this morning, we're going to sing. We're going to worship God and remind ourselves, remind ourselves that he's worthy. Remind ourselves that we have so many things to be grateful for. I'm going to pray and then we'll sing. And you can stand with us while we sing. And then then you'll all be released to go shop at Winco. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are good. Lord, we offer to you, all of us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We offer our difficult circumstances to you. We offer our thanksgiving to you. We offer our lament if we are grieving or hurting or suffering. And we remind ourselves that you give us all we need, that you care for us. And in every area that we've allowed anything, anything to compete with you, Lord, we remind ourselves that you are on the throne and that your kingdom comes first. We choose to seek your kingdom today knowing that you have given and will give us everything we need. We're grateful today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.